Hello and welcome to the Modern Divorce Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Tarasio. I'm the owner of Modern Law, a family law firm in the Phoenix area. I've been a divorce attorney for more than 15 years. I've got four kiddos and I'm divorced myself. And on this podcast, we're going to cover everything related to divorce, be it legal issues, financial issues, children issues, blended family issues, counseling, mediation, and more. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hello, this is Billy Tarasio with the Modern Divorce Podcast. Hope everybody is having a wonderful week. I am really excited about today's topic. We're talking to a single mom who had a baby with a man she wasn't married to, hasn't been together with him for most of their life. And and of course, that situation comes up in family law all the time. And it's very different from being married and raising children together and then breaking up and raising those same children in two different households. When you are a single mom in this type of situation, you don't have goodwill of parenting together. You haven't figured out what this person's good at or bad at. So I'm so excited to talk to Sasha. And the other thing, the other reason I'm excited to talk to her is because she's in real estate. She's a baller. She makes bank, which I love. She out earns her ex, which more and more women are doing. And she's going to give us the tea on real estate in Phoenix. Sasha, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. All right. So Sasha, I just had a bunch of stuff, but let's start at the beginning. How did you end up in family court and tell us the journey to your son? So my son is turning five next week and I met his dad at a party through a mutual friend almost 15 years ago. Now we um, had a little thing back then I decided he was not ready for a relationship Um, There were some value things that I was like, well, I don't think we align. We stopped seeing each other. He called me every so often and ended up getting married, getting divorced, called me again and was like, hey, can we go out? I really want to take you to dinner. My life has changed. Hmm. So we did. And he said all the right things because he had been talking to me for 10 years as a friend. And um, about a year later, we decided to have a baby. Okay. Yeah. So you, you, you did not want to get married, but you did want to have a baby, right? Talk to me first about that choice. It's a choice more and more people are making, but it's mm-hmm. still a little bit unconventional. So tell me what was the thought process there? So to be perfectly honest, I was 36. Mm-hmm. I'm a woman. Yeah. And he was a friend and, um, it was like, well, if we can make this work and, you know, let's try it. So you weren't, you weren't as interested in the relationship as you were having a baby. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. And, and I thought that it would be a a situation where we could co-parent together if things didn't work out for the long run. Sure. Cause you'd been friends a long time. Right. Okay. So needless to say, if you've been in family court, that is not how it worked out. No. So Michael was born and in the hospital, he told me that we should just do 50, 50. Mm, What? My baby was less than 24 hours old. Okay. So you broke up before Michael was born. So, so, um, it was right after I put his name on the birth certificate and, um, I was like, absolutely not. This is, this is not what we talked about. Mm. We're going to have to try and make this work because we now are responsible for baby. Mm -hmm. And so for three weeks we lived together. Mm -hmm. And then he started going back and staying with family more often, one one night a week, two nights a week. 
by the time Michael was six months old, it was half and half. Mm-hmm. And at a year old, um, the day after Michael's first birthday, I asked him to leave. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So you two were together during that time? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. What about during the pregnancy? Were you together during the pregnancy? No. I mean, we dated, but we saw each other a few times a week. Okay. All right. So the only time you lived together was that time after Michael was born. Right. Okay. All right. So at a year old, he moved out. And how often did he see your son? He saw him about once a week, maybe two hours a week. Okay. All right. And it was always with me. Mm -hmm. It was not on his own. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what did you want to have happen at that point? I really expected him to kind of step up as a parent and I was not seeing those things. One of my biggest issues was he refused to get a car seat, refused to buy diapers, refused to have a safe place for him in his house with his parents. And, um, and so I did not allow him to go alone for that reason. Okay. So who ended up filing in court? So dad filed February of 19 happened to be when I was at my work convention and took my son and my mom with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he filed and what did he want? 50, 50. Okay. And at this point, your son is three, not even two, not even two 50, 50. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. How did that get resolved? We went for temp orders, July of 2019 mm-hmm. and they gave us a step-up plan knowing that he had never been alone with Michael starting with a few hours uh, Sunday and working up to every other weekend for the temp orders. Okay. All right. And um, did that work? That was probably the best of the worst. (laughs) It was really a hard transition for all involved. And our son would come back completely a mess for days. Mm. And it was very hard to watch. (laughs) Wow. Even for a few hours on a Sunday. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, and we're now in 2022. So now that went till, um, September of 2020, we went back to court and we had a judge that decided to do a step-up plan to 50, 50. Okay. And it was five phases, three weeks in each phase. And each time he missed a visit, he was supposed to restart at phase one. Ah, okay. The catch to that is that the only people who knew the schedule and who knew if he missed a visit was myself and dad. So I was saying he missed, he was saying he wasn't. I'm trying to record time on my watch and taking pictures of our child and documenting things. And Meanwhile, he filed that I was withholding. Oh, wow. This is really important for anybody who does a step-up plan with these phases where you get back to step one and and there's got to be a a process, a procedure for documenting. Yes. And and we found one after that, but it took us going to court again. What are you using? Well, now we have a totally different situation, so we never got to use it. But the recommendation from the judge was to immediately email my attorney and have them file notice that that's what happened. Each time. Each time. Sounds expensive. It does. Yeah. That was not a factor in the conversation at all. Yeah. 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 
it was basically, well, you make money, you can afford to do this. Yeah. And you do. Um, so yeah. let's talk about right. that for a minute. You have like the perfect single mom job. <laughs> I do. Talk, talk to us about what you do. So I've been in real estate 17 years here in the East Valley mm-hmm. um, of Phoenix. And I built an amazing business, um, mostly referrals from people that I've done business with or attorneys, trust attorneys, divorce attorneys, um, to be able to have relationships. And I get to go sit with people in the deal with the most expensive thing that they ever are going to buy or sell Mm -hmm. and create a game plan. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that plan is a 30 day plan. Sometimes that plan is a two-year plan, Mm -hmm. you know, but, um, my son gets to come with me on some final walkthroughs and inspections, which is awesome to be able to have such a flexible schedule. Yeah. And, um, and I, I really do well at what I do. That's excellent. And awesome. You have the best of both worlds. You are well compensated and have flexibility. And really that only comes from, I think, you know, putting in the time, building yeah. the business, doing, yeah. doing the hustle, and right. getting the first really, five years were not that way, right? Yeah, getting really <laughs> valuable at what you do. That's why I waited to have a baby because mm. I wanted to be able to have a schedule like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, there are quite a few of our clients who have gone from being, you know, stay-at-home parents without income and without a career into real estate and have done well. It's amazing opportunity. It really is time on task. The harder you work, the more money you're gonna make. Yes. And you don't have to have a degree and there's no cap. Like it's a pretty incredible place to buy. Although I don't want to get too far off topic, but do you see that changing? Do you see the way that people buy and sell homes? Will will that be different in the future? um, Yes and no, right? Because computer algorithms can only get you so far. They don't know if your neighbor is a million dollar home or a trailer park. They just know it's a a lot number, right? So they don't know that the house down the block is purple with five cars out front and that's going to affect a sale. Sure. Or every house looks beautiful and you get more value value for that. So you really still need people in the transaction to know those little things that a computer can't tell. But we are absolutely computer assisted now right? We have so many things that help my transaction mm-hmm. because we have technology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not so unlike divorce. You can get divorced with just using forms right. online if everybody agrees. Yes. But managing the emotions and the people and getting the information takes humans. And real estate isn't that different. Like buying and selling is an emotional transaction. Yeah. Sales fall through because people don't get along or people don't like each other, right? Yeah. yeah. Or there's something that they can't come to an agreement on, right? Like the roof is 25 years old. It's not needing to be replaced yet, but it's going to. So do we factor that into the price or not? And Mm -hmm. is the buyer okay with that? And is the seller okay with that? You know, that's conversations that we're having regularly now Mm because homes are- They are. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) Okay. So what are your top tips for single moms that never parented- with their partner or with the other parent? So have a really tight schedule, but also there are things on my schedule that don't move like school every day, right? But there are things that can move every day, like 
whether he goes to this person's house and plays or they come to our house or we go to the park instead, I try to put in something fun, even if it's just sitting down and doing story time every day to make sure we get that bonding time in. Mm, Okay. Um, I do tuck in every night, pretty much no matter what. Mm -hmm. Um, That does affect my social life, but he's only going to be little once. So I make that kind of sacrifice to make sure that my being a mom is my number one priority. Are there certain communication rules that you would suggest people consider? So we only communicate by email, so it can be documented. We also have um, an order of protection in place because of other things that had happened, Mm. um, which we'll go back to, but, um, but email has been a huge plus in the fact that I can answer it after bedtime. Yes. I don't have to take it away from business or family time. Definitely. So that's been a really good thing. And I'm not worried about my phone dinging with text messages and calls. And you know. that is, it's such a great idea. So, but, and many people get an order that says email only, but then they don't follow it. Right. We follow it. You follow it. And that order protection yeah. must help. Well, and we follow it because I follow it. Exactly. If right? one not that person he doesn't... says, send an email and you don't respond to text or you block the text message. It's not that he doesn't try to get around that. Oh, he has. Right. Which I don't block it because I want that proof. Definitely. Because is that a violation of your order of protection? It is. Okay. So Mm -hmm. at what point did you decide you needed that? Uh, After the fourth call to CPS from dad Mm. and um, all unfounded. And the police officer told me that it was a necessary thing at this point. Okay. So he was harassing you via DCS. This happens. Mm -hmm. This happens. DCS must've been annoyed. The cops must've been annoyed. Yeah. And the judge found that this was harassment. Yes. So was he prohibited from making calls to DCS? No, they can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, your order protection will be in place for a year. Yes. And has that changed the dynamic at all? It's made it easier to have a conversation by email because prior he wouldn't. And now that's the only choice. It also has taken away a little bit of my anxiety as far as, am I expecting CPS to show up at my door today? Or am I expecting my phone to ring five times in a row while I'm in a listing appointment? You know, (laughs) so that has kind of taken a lot of anxiety off of me. Definitely. Absolutely. So it sounds like the co-parenting relationship is not a good one. No, not ideal. Is there anything that you think people, what what should people do if they find themselves in a very bad co-parenting relationship? I think there is a lot of resources online. Um, but one of the things that really helped me was seeing a therapist and getting my head straight on what my responsibilities were as a good co-parent. Sure. Because the boundary lines can be real blurry when you share a child. Yes. And what I should be responding to and what is just purely emotional that I can say that's his issue. Okay. So can you help define like, what are some of those boundaries? I only answer questions that are specifically about our son. I do not have any conversations when he calls to speak to our son. I hand the phone over and answer it as I'm handing it to our child. I don't talk to him at all because any hello start going down a bad path. (laughs) Sure. So you are definitely engaging in parallel parenting. 
Yes. Which is a a lifesaver with a high conflict relationship, but it can also mean that you don't get as much contact or as much information as you might want about your child when they're with the other parent. Right. So prior to our current situation, we had, when he had every other weekend, I did not hear from our son at all. The most heartbreaking visit was he was vomiting all day and sick at two and a half and pickup was at 10 AM the next morning. And he was still really not feeling well. And I emailed dad and said, here's the situation. Would you be willing to trade time or, you know, whatever? And nope, I'll be there to pick up. And so he did. And I cried all that day. Right. That was, that was a really hard one to turn over a sick child at two and a half. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I called to check in and of course, no answer, no call back. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I found out a pickup, he was like, yeah, he was sick all weekends. Oh. Yeah, that is really, really hard. And you, you basically just had to deal with it and trust that he would be okay. But of course you have no reason to trust this person. You've never seen him parent. Right. Well, I did see him parent. And it wasn't good. Right. Um, At 13 months old, he picked up our son in my living room. I have 10 foot high ceilings and his head went into the moving ceiling fan. Yeah. And because it was trying to play like people, people who are listening to this podcast can't see my face, but like that's shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Did it split it open? Did he have to go to the hospital or was he okay? He was okay. Mm. Went to urgent care anyway to make sure. Yeah. Um, I waited a little while to go to urgent care because he just wouldn't even like, let me let go of him to look at him. And so I just wanted to make sure he was okay and calm before I put him in the car seat to go. Right. I could see he was, he was physically like looking at me. I I wasn't an ambulance situation, but I wanted to make sure there was no long-term damage. Sure. And later in court, they brought it up that I waited an hour to go to urgent care. That did I really think it was serious? Yeah. You can't get around that. You just right. can't. You cannot get around the fact that like lawyers <laughs> will misconstrue our actions. But you know yeah. what? Like I'm a mom and a lawyer and like you, I totally understand where you've yeah. been. I've been there with my littles and you don't want to take a very upset little, little human and strap them in a car seat. Right. That's not what they want. Yeah. Either I was going to have to drive or dad was going to have to drive. Yeah. And you have to decide, like, do I need an ambulance or not? Do yeah. I, can I assess the situation? Is it an emergency? You have to make a judgment call. And you did. And I'm right. sure that the judge agreed that you were fine, right? Yes. Yes. The judge agreed I was fine. But as a mom, I had huge mom guilt, right? Like, oh, oh my God, really? did I do the right thing? Should I have not waited? Yeah. He turned out to be fine. Yeah. But of course his lawyer tried to use it, that I was just using it to document. And I was like. That was the furthest thing from my brain. Well, in that process, wait a second, who cares? Did you, or did you not throw a 13 month old into a ceiling fan? Right. No, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. And who cares if it's documented? Did it happen or not? (laughs) Right. Right. So did he just, what, how old is he? Is he a very, is he very young? No, he's seven years older than me. Oh my gosh. How do you throw a child into a ceiling fan? Yeah. (laughs) That's really high. Yeah. I still don't know how it happened. I I was cleaning up toys and I heard what I thought was a table fall over. 
Mm, and it was your kiddo's head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The yeah. joys, the joys of parenting. Yeah. So no, I did not trust him at all. No. Um, no. <laughs> okay. Has he gotten better? I mean, five is easier than 13 months. I feel like. So right now we have supervised visitation. Ah. And, um, and so that is better. Good. That is better. That is better. Is that, are there any challenges with, um, having a supervised parenting situation? Um, we have a center that does it hmm. rather than a family member because we mm-hmm. can agree on a person. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not actually ask me for a specific person. He just chose the center. Do you like it the happens. center? Overall, yes. And my son likes going there. Oh, good. He likes going there more than he likes the thought of spending time with the person. Sure. Um, because it's and, a fun environment and right. there's toys. And I love that. That's wonderful. Yes. So it is a good situation, but there was many weeks where there were tears on our hour drive in each direction mm. because he didn't want to go that far. Sure. He didn't want to be in the car. He didn't want to leave his toys. He didn't want, you know, he's still four. Yeah. So um, to explain that for a while, it was three times a week that we had to drive an hour in each direction. Yeah. Um, that's not an easy thing to justified to afford. No, no, it isn't. And so a lot of pros and cons with the facility, you have to drive there. It's far away. Yes. So Um, he's not in kindergarten yet. No, not yet. And once he starts, I'm sure that'll, that'll have to change the schedule, right? So the schedule has kind of self-adjusted. Um, I was available for every visit and the other parent chose not to attend several of them while you drove there. It happened a few times when we drove there. Um, It happened a few times. If you give 24 hours notice, you don't have to pay for it. So it kind of went back and forth on how the cancellations happened. Mm -hmm. But there was enough cancellations that we are down to a solid one hour a week. Oh, which still there are some cancellations. That's really hard. So you are a true single mom. You're getting very little help and it's changed so much over the years. It's not like it's consistent. So you can build a life based on what you've got stability. You've had complete and total instability and there's instability anyway with a young child. Right. So who's your work? Yeah. Like uh, how do I plan next school year? Yes. Right. Yes. How do I know what sports to sign up for or what, you know, can he do boy scouts? Are we going to be home that night or, Mm -hmm. You know, um, as of right now, we're moving forward with the life we have. Sure. I think you have no other option. Right. What is, what does your support network look like? You can't do this on your own, right? No. So my mom is retired and lives with us. Nice. And I could not do it without her. Mm-hmm. Like the flexibility in my schedule is amazing, but it also means that sometimes I have an appointment at six 30 and I can push it a little earlier, a little later, but I still need to have help getting ready for bed so I can come home and read. (laughs) Yeah. That's um, really wonderful that you've got your mom. Um, Does he also go to a childcare facility of some type? He does not. He goes to preschool um, just mornings right now, five mornings a week. So he's um, at preschool and I do a lot of my desk work during that time. Mm -hmm. So I take off basically from when I pick him up into, unless I have appointments in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Sasha, I've heard some major takeaways, go to counseling, 
get an order of protection if you're being harassed. Yes. Or put some communication guidelines in place. If you're in a high conflict situation, go for parallel parenting. Get your, get your support, get a parenting partner, somebody to support you like a mom or a nanny or somebody that can help support you and then get a job that is flexible and lucrative. Easy peasy, right? (laughs) Yeah. Just line up all those things and you'll be perfect. Line them up and it'll be fine. Yeah. And it's still not easy. (laughs) It's still not easy. Well, thank you so much for your time. Any other takeaways you want our audience to know? Don't be afraid to stand up for yourself. I was really worried about how it would look in the beginning. And now I know it's not going to look the way I think it's going to look no matter what. Somebody's going to try and twist it. So I might as well at least stand with my values. So, and, and a great example of that is the whole, like, you know, head in the ceiling fan incident. Right. You don't want to make decisions based on how you think it's going to get twisted because it's always going to be twisted. Right. So make the best decisions you can for your child and trust your instincts. Yes. Ooh, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you so much for coming on the show. If you all have enjoyed this episode, download it, share it, rate it, leave a review. And if you are interested in coming on the Modern Divorce Podcast, let us know. If there's a topic you want us to cover, let us know. Sasha, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. Oh, have wait, before before we finish up, how can people find you if they need a real estate agent? Um, I work with Keller Williams. Um, my website is sizzlinghomes.com. And my email is Sasha at sizzlinghomes.com. Sasha is awesome. If you are in, if you are in the market for a real estate agent, absolutely hit her up. She is a mama you want to know. She is a baller. Like I just, I really love this woman. So Sasha, thank you so much. And we'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Modern Divorce Podcast. Remember, anything you've heard today or anything you read online is not the replacement for actual consultation with an attorney and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Even if you called in and we spoke to you, you were anonymous and we don't have your details and you have not become a client of Modern Law. However, we would love to speak with you or you should seek out the advice of legal counsel or counseling or any other expert near you. And if you have an idea for a show topic or you need to speak with an attorney in Arizona, you can reach me at info, I-N-F-O, at mymodernlaw.com.